0: Let's sing
1: and swing. Evening visit with Mrs. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Two o'clock on Thursday afternoon in Manila. And now we bring you Forbidden Diary, the true World War II story of Natalie Crowder, based on her secret journal written from a Japanese prison camp in the Philippines. Episode seven.
2: High crimes and misdemeanors. Previously, Unforbidden Diary.
3: I wish to inform you that you are now under the Imperial Army of Japan. Japan will provide food for you and a place to live. I will give you 15 minutes to get ready.
0: With so little time. All any of us could do was pack our belongings quickly and comfort our children until the guards ordered us back to the tennis court. We sick and the elderly left last. In my haze, I thought slowly, Today is December 29. The first bombing was on the 8th. That's 22 days. As our deluxe Buick approached a cratered and overgrown golf course, I glanced out the front window and knew instantly where we were going.
4: And now, Episode 7.
0: December 30, 1941. Our march from Brent School ended at Camp John Hay, where Japanese civilians had been interned only a few days ago. Some are now our guards. Lieutenant Mukibo greeted us when we arrived.
3: This is war. The Japanese Imperial Army is in command, and you must obey. If a gun is found and not turned over, you will all be responsible. The mistake of one is the mistake of all. If one tries to escape, five will be shot.
0: Five hundred of us are crammed into a 40 by 200 foot barracks built to house a maximum of 250 soldiers. It's one of four bordering a sandy parade ground full of bomb craters. And like the other three barracks, the roof is peppered with shrapnel holes. The water gave out during the evening because of a broken electric pump and no reserves left in the storage tank. One of the Japanese threatened us with no water, said that they went without water for several days, and we'd have to do the same. We woke today in a gauzy haze of exhaustion, weak, hungry, and thirsty. No water until eleven, then mostly for the children. Jerry fought until he got half a cup for me. I'm still pretty laid out from yesterday. December 31st, 1941. No water until noon. Bad head. No running water. A few water barrels finally brought in. Japanese took our pictures. BD sick with cramps. I have a sinus headache. Awful, lying on a wooden floor with people pounding by constantly. January 1st, 1942. The toilets are overflowing, and flies are everywhere. Yesterday, our men took turns digging a privy with a steel pipe and a piece of roofing until the guards finally lent them a shovel. You could see our men's stomachs sticking to their backbones from no food and little water as they staggered under each shovelful until the two seater was dug. We use a sheet for privacy, and a British man sits on the barracks back porch like a town crier, announcing which sex is allowed to use the facilities. Not an auspicious start to organising ourselves, but a step. Jerry heard the local businessman was appointed camp liaison.
4: Last call, gentlemen.
1: Last call. Are we all clear? Yeah. Right then, it's ladies' turn. Ladies' turn! Ladies' turn! Well... What do
5: you think, Carl? What's worse, digging the latrines or monitoring them? Oh, got a
4: worse one for you, Jerry. Camp liaison. <laughs> or cook. Ask Alex. The Russian chef who works at the Pines Hotel? Yep. And now he's got
5: us ingrates for customers.
4: How long do you think he's going to have food
5: to cook? Don't oh, know. So far, we've pulled the food that came over from Brent, but a lot was left behind. The guards said they'd bring over the rest.
4: And haven't. Yeah? Yeah. And probably won't. Isn't there something in the Geneva Convention about feeding prisoners? Looks like we've been invited to a potluck party, Reverend. Gotta bring your own food. Yeah, and then the guards eat it. You know, I thank God every day that my wife and kids are back in the States. Gotta be hard watching your family go through this.
5: Yeah, Natalie's still in bad shape. The kids cry on her lap wanting to go home. So, what's this camp liaison thing all about?
4: Not sure. All I know is Arthur got the short straw.
5: The general manager at the lumber mill?
4: Got picked because his mill's the largest employer of Japanese in Baguio, and he helped them when they were interned here. No good deed, huh?
5: Hey, not that I'm, uh, complaining, but I haven't seen Lieutenant Makibo around.
4: Is he running this place or what? Not the day-to-day stuff, as far as I can tell. Looks like a local guy named Nakamura's going to do that. What's the skinny on him? Oh, you're gonna love this. He was a carpenter at one of the gold mines. A what? A carpenter. Does he have any military experience? Not that I know of. Oh,
5: man, the Japanese soldiers aren't gonna be happy about
4: that. And he's going to be bossing men he used to work for, and their bosses. Well, that'll give him a thrill. Yeah, not for long. Yeah, let's see. Um, no qualifications, and he's going to be running the whole shebang. (laughs) Good luck to him. Good luck to us. Poor devil. He'll be wishing he were digging latrines. January 2nd,
0: 1942 Dysentery broke out during the night. Three cases. Children. Then another five cases. One screamed for hours in pain. We finally have running water and are back to regular toilets, cleaning everything with lye. I bathed the kids. Killed millions of flies. Luckily, seven nurses and eight doctors are interned with us. And one is a world-renowned pathologist. Dr. Dean's the latest doctor to arrive. I describe him as a vigorous man, very outspoken and bold. He and Dr. Hall, a pathologist, cornered Arthur before his first liaison with Nakamura.
1: 600 calories a day? That's not enough to sustain life. Nakamura says their army doesn't have the funds to. No no, 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 no,
6: Arthur, you need 2,500 calories a day to survive in this climate.
1: Okay, hold, hold your horses, Dr. Dean. Nakamura also said that the local Japanese are going to give us rice until the army sends money from Tokyo.
6: I, I don't
1: believe that, and even if they do, two cups of rice a day isn't enough to sustain let, them. Let me just finish. I'm also going to see if Nakamura let us buy food in town. We're also concerned about dysentery, Arthur. The cases are increasing. You've got to tell your
6: buddy Nakamura how serious this is. Well, he's right. I don't want to sound any alarms. Well, I'm going to, Dr. Hall. People die of dysentery. Of the trots? Yes. Yes. Well, no. They usually die from dehydration. Fluids go out faster than they go in. Our most vulnerable are the young, elderly, and malnourished. Which
1: includes everyone here. How many children do we have? I'd guess at least a hundred. Maybe half as many elderly. And there are, what, eight pregnant women?
6: Two are ready to pop any day. So what do we do? We isolate and monitor the sick. Keep them hydrated with clean, uncontaminated water. What we need really are a microscope and some atabrine or sulfadiazine. I'll see what I can get from the hospital. I've got serum to inoculate people who haven't gotten their dysentery, cholera, and typhoid shots. How'd you
1: get that in here?
6: You don't want to know. We need a list of people who haven't been immunized.
1: Can you get that for us? I'll see what I can do. But... How are we going to isolate anyone when we're all jammed into one building? There's three empty barracks just sitting there. With the roof shot up and the lavatory is overflowing with sewage. We'll fix the roofs and clean the johns.
6: You do know, Arthur, that dysentery is transmitted through fecal matter. Of course I do. Our lavatories being used by twice the number of people it was built for. I suspect that the dysentery is bacillary, but need a microscope to know for sure. So we're going to need as much Lysol or lye as we can get for cleaning surfaces and soap for hand washing. Especially with all these children. That outdoor privy's got to be sealed immediately. The flies are horrific, Arthur. They spread disease.
1: I'll mention all of this to Nakamura, if he lets me. When will that be? Today, maybe. You two do realize that this liaison thing's a one-way street? Nakamura thinks I'm just here to take orders, but I've got some goodwill with him. Then use it. Doesn't Nakamura report to Lieutenant Mukibo? See, that's where it gets murky. The Japanese high command gives all the orders, and Lieutenant Mukibo's supposed to be an intelligence officer in Baguio. But he keeps showing up here in camp. Probably because Nakamura's in way over his head, which could work to our advantage. Only if Nakamura's making the decisions. People have known him for years. He's rough around the edges, got a foul mouth he picked up from the miners, but... Nakamura's not hateful like Lieutenant Mukibo. I hear the man's an out-and-out bigot. I'll do the best I can. You're gonna have to do
6: a lot more than that. I can't overstate how deadly dysentery can be in these conditions. If we don't get ahead of it now, it'll dog us for as long as we're in this camp.
1: Okay, okay, I get it. But again, Nakamura isn't the problem. Lieutenant Mukibo's another matter. If he's in the meeting, all bets are off.
3: Reason is here, Nakamura.
2: Yes, Muqibotai. The prisoner is here. Bring the prisoner in now.
3: Bah, asa. Lower. <clears throat> you are here at my pleasure to communicate my orders to the prisoners. Nakamura will read
2: them to you. 1 Men and boys over 10 must move to barracks 2. Women and children will stay in barracks 1. Yes sir. 2 There to be no contact between men and women. Roll call will be on separate tennis courts. Okay. 3 Prisoners will receive two meals a day. All food will be prepared in by men in the barracks to kitchen. Only cooks are allowed to carry food to the women's barracks.
1: I need to talk to you about that, Lieutenant Mukibo.
3: There's nothing to talk about.
2: <clears throat> Four. There'll be no packages from town left by the fence.
1: Now hold on. That's how we're supplementing the little food we have.
3: There will be no packages from town.
1: What about the Geneva Convention? In Manila, prisoners are being fed three times a day.
3: Manila is Manila. Baguio is Baguio. Prisoners will get no more food than Japanese soldiers.
1: But we're not getting the same size meals, and the guards are stealing our canned goods. Yesterday, we had broth from boiled hot dogs. We're starving.
3: The Imperial Japanese Army will provide rice.
1: Then where is it? Can't we at least use our own money to buy food and supplies from town under the watch of your guards? We also need soap and disinfectants to tackle dysentery. That empty officer's quarters could be used to quarantine...
3: Enough! This is not your concern. Good.
1: Then you'll be the one explaining to High Command how women and children died under your watch.
3: We are finished with this conversation! Get him out of here!
0: January 3rd, 1942 The Japanese took our safety deposit box keys and made the bank president go to Baggio to open the boxes. They ordered Carl to do the collecting, and when I asked him if we couldn't hold out, he shook his head. The rage and feeling of helplessness was ghastly. I swear that I'll get my jade pen back if it takes me thirty years to track it down. January 4, 1942. Jerry was driven to town to open up his office safe, but it had been blown and jammed. The Philippines is now on Tokyo time. January 6, 1942. Ismail left fresh laundry by the fence. How wonderful it was to see him from a distance. He called out that the family and Fuzzy the Cat are all right. January 8, 1942. Over 450 Chinese arrived from Baguio. All fellow civilians, neighbors, and friends. We watched them marched into the camp carrying luggage and bundles, looking as bedraggled as we did. Rain fell as guards searched them and their belongings on the parade ground. Their barracks are separated from ours by a wire fence, so we have little contact. But our doctors are allowed into their barracks to see patients. And Ai Yi visits our side to take care of Dr. Li's little boy because she's so busy seeing patients, and pregnant, I might add. Her husband is a U.S. Army major stationed in Bataan. Ai Yi gave us the latest news from town. Yes, half of the Chinese left Bajiu
3: and went into the mountains. Why? Because we know how the Japanese treated us in China.
0: January 9, 1942. Arthur somehow persuaded Nakamura to let the cooks go to Baguio Market. Every day, they pile into a confiscated delivery truck, with the guards, and head off to town for food and supplies. Our 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. meals are much improved, with fresh vegetables and a little meat sometimes. January 12, 1942 A crew of our men were put on duty to collect firewood around Camp Hay for the kitchen's oven and stove. Every day, the men push a cart around Camp Hay, and when the guards aren't looking, pocket items that cross their path. So now, along with all the other humiliations, we've become looters. But our misdemeanors hardly compare to the outright robbery by the Japanese, military and civilians. First, they emptied everyone's safety deposit boxes, and then, A local Japanese businessman stole the little we have left in camp. It happened a few days ago. Mommy, come look out the window. What's going on? Why are the men going to the tennis courts in the middle of the day? That's strange. It... Looks like only half of them. What's going on? The guards are sending the men to the tennis court. I'm trying to look through their barracks' windows. Can can you see what's going on, June? A little. What's Mr. Nagatomi doing in the men's barracks? Well, who's Mr. Nagatomi? A wealthy merchant in town. I've been going to his store since I was a little girl. Who are those men with him, mummy? I don't know, June. They're probably just guards. I'm counting... Uh, four of them. Are you counting four? Yes. Yes. It looks like they're telling the men to stand by their beds. Where's Mr. Nagatomi? He's sitting down at a desk at the end of the room. Oh, Eleanor, he's called your husband to the desk. What's going on, Mummy? Where's Daddy? He's standing on the tennis court, BD. He's fine, sweetie.
2: Why is he there? Oh,
0: it looks like they're being interrogated... Is Mr. Nagatomi Kempeitai? No, he's a Rotarian. Colleen, you birdbrain. The Kempeitai are the secret police, Colleen. The Japanese Gestapo, dear. Oh, no. Hold on a second. If they were Kempeitai, they'd be taking the men downtown for questioning. What I want to know is, what's Mr. Nagatomi writing in that book? Um, it kind of looks like a... A ledger of some sort. I heard the Tai do all of their torturing inside the cold store. Millie, you're scaring the children. Look, they're going through the men's belongings. That guard just lifted up a mattress.
1: They must be looking for contraband. Does anyone's husband have something he shouldn't?
0: I don't think that's what's going on. See, the men are giving them their money. (gasps) Those so-and-sos are robbing them. But my family's known Mr. Nagatomi for years. How could he do this? They're looking in our windows. Duck, everyone. I think the men on the tennis court are going to be searched next. Dollars to donuts, they're coming over here, too.
4: Well, I'm not going to give away the store like we did with the safety deposit boxes.
0: After they finished with the men, Mr. Nagatomi and his bandits walked over to our barracks. Fortunately, we women had time to hide anything of value. One woman wrapped her diamond ring around a wad of chewing gum and put it in her mouth. Another pinned her engagement ring into her long hair. We were told to go to our bunks and get ready to hand over all stocks, bonds, checks, and cash in excess of one hundred pesos. Then, in all politeness, Mr. Nagatomi said,
2: Please remain in your bunks until we are finished.
0: As we were robbed, those with more than one hundred pesos passed their remainder to others surreptitiously. Another slipped her excess pesos through a knothole in the floorboard. After several women gave exactly 100 pesos, Mr. Nagatomi became suspicious and ordered married women to hand over all of their money. After they were done, we watched out the windows helplessly as the thieves sauntered past the guards with market bags full of money. Because commingling is limited to a half hour on Sundays behind divided fences, Took a while to piece together that a minimum of five thousand two hundred pesos were stolen from the women's and men's barracks. Now we're all broke. January nineteenth, nineteen forty-two. More dysentery cases were reported, so I went on a rampage and jacked up people about lissoling and rolling up mattresses. Nakamura has allowed us to organize a camp committee, but <laughs> never lets us forget we're under his thumb. The group is made up of five men who don't have families living in the Philippines, including Carl and Dr. Dean. One of the committee's first acts was to post job assignments. Beattie came running into the barracks to tell me about it. Mommy, um, Mommy! Come with me, come with me! I'm busy with the floors right now, Beattie. Come on! What's this all about? There's a poster on the parade grounds.
2: Your name and daddy's are on it.
0: Uh, Okay. Give me a second.
2: Come on! Come on! See?
0: Well, look at that. It's a duty sheet. What's that? A, a list of job assignments, see? I'm next to Inside Sanitation.
2: There's Daddy's name. He's Outside Sanitation.
4: Crowder, you rat!
5: How'd you get outside garbage duty? People in high places, Joe, people in high places. Well, then see if you could get me some paper. Will you, Jer? Ginger's been
4: bugging me about finding some. Sure. And how about some scraps from the kitchen?
5: Sorry, Joe. I got plans for a garbage salad for Natalie tonight.
4: You're going to spoil that wife of
5: yours. Nothing but the best for my girl, Carl. Hey, you're on the firewood crew, right?
4: Which guards are simpatico? That local kid with the scar on his chin tends to look the other way if you see something you want. He and that guard with the gold tooth sometimes let us take detours into the buildings.
2: Yeah, but not before they get first dibs. Did you see that guard walking across the quad with an armful of antlers he looted from the general's house? How do you hide things,
4: Carl? Nah, we just put them in the cart and stack wood on top. We started with small stuff, like paper, and worked our way up to a Smith-Corona typewriter for Jim here, our resident journalist.
2: I think Nakamura's going to let me write a newsletter.
4: Hey, that's great, Jim. Yesterday, we grabbed a mattress for Ed's wife. It's been our crowning achievement so far.
5: That must have been a neat trick. Nakamura's gotta know about that.
4: As long as Lieutenant Mukibu is out of sight, Nakamura doesn't seem to care. He's actually going to let a group of us missionaries go around the camp with some guards and pick out stuff. You know, furniture, canned food, supplies.
5: We'll have to start calling you and your brethren the looting parsons.
2: Or how about the loot tenants? Hey, there's Alex. Well, if
5: it isn't our esteemed chef. You look like
2: crap, Alex. What's on the menu for the four o'clock chow? Better than you deserve. Tell him about what happened when your cooks were in town this morning. What happened? You know. The gun? Oh, yeah. Guard drive cook to market. On way to town, guard sees something he likes in house. Stops truck, hands gun to cook, and climbs through window. (laughs) <laughs> There's
5: a story for your newsletter, Jim.
2: You tell me who is bigger, idiot, Jabgar or Cook giving Gum back.
3: January 24, nineteen
0: forty two. I was not well, and rested after working on beans and carrots. Many children throwing up, and crying through the night. Total of thirty dysentery cases. No garbage collected by the Japanese for six days. The missionary men in camp were taken into town five at a time for interrogation by the Kempeitai. Three have not returned. As far as we know, they are still in jail being interrogated. The irony is, they had left China to be safer in the Philippines. It seems that the Japanese are interested in students and staff at the Peking Chinese Language School. Carl wasn't taken in for questioning, but his old job at the language school worries us. A few days after the Chinese arrived at Campay, their community leaders were also taken to town for interrogation. Liang Nang, one of Baguio's most prominent citizens, Returned with his face swollen and struggling to walk because of his injuries. Later, Nang told our doctors that they stole 16,000 pesos from him, and he was given the water cure. Our camp is lucky to have the beauty of pines, blue sky, clouds, and mountains. We could not be detained in a lovelier place. I have not been conscious of being a prisoner yet. Do not notice the barbed wire, fence, or guards. Bayonets or guns. Most of us can walk on the path right at a soldier coming forward with a bayonet held out, and remain unmoved. Are we too tired, or have we had too much taken away to be bothered by small things? (laughs) Perhaps being stripped of possessions clears out worry, makes for peace of mind. Or it may be only simple living from one meal to another that makes us adjust. We don't do much headwork.
1: This concludes episode 7. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of Forbidden Diary, the true World War II story of Natalie Crowder, based on her secret journal written from a Japanese prison camp in the Philippines.